This is weird. Different setup today. Wow, we're in the deluxe studio. Yeah, we're in the big boy studio. Normally we're in what is essentially a mop closet. Yeah, this one, we're in a, this, and I am not even joking, this studio we're sitting in now is twice the size of my first apartment. We should always record in here. Yeah, I like it. I feel luxurious. I feel like I can spread out. Mm, Could you ever? Go for a walk? I'm just going to starfish over here. Walk with me, Bryce. Walk (laughs) with me. A lawn chair is a good town chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the size, so you can lay it flat. I can watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my old lawn chair. Welcome to it. It's Lawn Chair Profits episode a whole bunch. I've lost track. I don't even know anymore. I'm Garner Andrews. That guy over there, that's Bryce Kelly. Mm, Just living, just breathing over here. The one thing that I really actually enjoy about doing this podcast is like you and I have worked together in the same room now for over a decade, probably. Yeah, 12. But we never just talk. We never just sort of like I never go for a dip in Lake Bryce. You never go for a dip in Lake Garn. And I realized something recently that we both really, we drink it because we don't want to die. Um, neither one of us really cares all that much for water. No, I don't. I don't. And it's a weird thing. It's not like I dislike it. I don't make the yucky face at a cup of water, <laughs> but I'm, I'm never, it's never the first thing I go for. No, I, I just, I have to force myself to drink. Once I leave here every day, that's it for water. I don't go home and drink water. I go out for, you know, an eight to 10 kilometer walk every single day when I get home and I come home and do I have some water? Nope. I don't. I've never, I don't remember the last time I was thirsty. I never get thirsty. Oh, I get thirsty all the time, uh, but I've fallen down some bad rabbit holes because um, I don't drink coffee. So I drink a lot of energy drinks which is probably, my liver is probably going to fall out of my body. Probably. Uh, and I've also, I got a bad habit with soda pop. You do? You still drink that? Yeah. Like I'm, all the sugary stuff? Yeah. Um, I tried. I got about six months once without it, and then the walls came tumbling down. What's your poison? What is it? Which one do you drink? Right now, you know what I got? I got one of those huge flats from Costco of all the crushed drinks. Oh, no. Grape and orange? Grape, orange. You nine? There's some mug root beer. And cream soda. So when you get home from here today, when you go home, will you crack one the minute you walk in the house? No. I normally only have one a day. I try and limit myself to one. I have it at night. Yeah. Ooh. Tonight? With your dinner, with your sophisticated dinner? Yeah. Do you put it in a wine glass? <laughs> a snifter? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Do you swish it around? Oh. And by the way, I think I can now definitively say that Orange Crush is better than Grape Crush. It's not even close. There's um, one of my most haunting nightmares from my childhood was me downing a bottle of Orange Crush right before bed and waking up at two o'clock in the morning and just puking all over my bedroom. I would have been about 14 or 15 years old at the time. Like I was past the point where it would have been kind of sad and pathetic for my parents. It was like a different kind of sad and pathetic (laughs) then. I was a teenager throwing up Orange Crush. And my poor mom, I can still picture it, like three o'clock in the morning on her hands and her knees in my bedroom cleaning up puke. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that'll scar you for a bit. Uh, So I tend to fall down that well a little more than the water one. But my girlfriend now has this nasty habit of... She has one of those huge, like, two-liter jugs. Of water? That she drinks every day. Oh. She fills it once and then tries to plow through the whole thing. 
she is fully on board the water bandwagon, and that's all she drinks. And if there's the slightest thing wrong with me, it's, have you had water today? Have you had any water today? I have yeah. a headache. How much water have you had? Yeah. I have a hangnail. Have you had any water? Yeah. What time is it? Time to drink water. Oh, I twisted my ankle falling down the stairs. How much water have you had today? Yeah. Oh. It's nonstop. So as a result of her nagging, I now drink a little more water. I even just got that new fridge last week. With a water dispenser? Not a water. It's the world's slowest water dispenser. Oh. But- uh, Is the hose kinked? It's not kinked. I mm. pulled it out to look at it. No, it's just slow. Uh, so now I drink a little more. What about milk? Do you ever drink milk? Because I no. think I've had two glasses of milk in my lifetime. No. I hate milk. I don't I don't hate it. I have it for cereal and stuff Oh, like yeah. That. I put it on cereal, but I couldn't. Milk to me isn't a solo artist. No. It was when I was a kid. That's all we were allowed to have with dinner as a kid was a glass of milk. Yeah, we had a choice. Milk or water. So I would always go milk. But as an adult, the number of times I've had a solo glass of milk... I can easily count it on one hand. Yeah. It's probably just a few. That's a children's drink. You do it and you're like, you know what? I could probably use the calcium. Then you get halfway through and you're like, why am I doing this? I hate calcium. What am I doing? Crack uh, this one, crush. Uh, I'm, <laughs> this came in on the text machine. I'm 40. I still drink full glasses of milk. 3%. Fight me. 3%. Mark. It's basically 3%. butter. Who drinks 3%? I will from time to time have a glass of chocolate milk, but I feel like that's its own animal. Well, that's basically you're drinking sugar at that point. Yeah. That's what that is. Again, my bad habits. Uh, me and my girlfriend's ritual is standing at the fridge and passing the milk back and forth as we take sips right from the jug. It is gross. We acknowledge that. Guests even drink from that milk. Mm. This might be TMI, but we also do it right after being intimate what? Josh <laughs> so if you've recently drank milk at somebody's house and their name is Josh uh, you should go get tested yeah we'll just cast a wide net uh, any Josh you know drinks yeah. it out of the jug and they pass it what a weird ritual to have it, it, what an what an odd drink for when you're like exa shouldn't you be drinking a Gatorade or something like that not milk just the fact that they are I don't know locking eyes passing the milk jug back and forth oh Oh my God, here, you can probably relate with this one, relate to this one. Garner and Bryce, my wife is an RN. She uses the, have you had enough water thing on oh. myself and the kids all the time. But another one she loves to use is, have you pooped today? Whenever someone brings up a health problem, LOL, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. I have an earache. Have you pooped today? <laughs> yeah. Cause your head's full of ass. <laughs> my uh, leg's asleep. Have you pooped? Can we talk about milk drinkers? Any adult who drinks a glass of milk on purpose is twisted. Ooh, that's harsh. That's a hard line in the sand. Uh, Garner, Bryce, sorry to hear you don't like water. It's a little weird, but not as weird as the guy that my sister used to be married to. He could not stand listening to music. He hated all kinds of music. If he came home from work and my sister had music on, he would turn it off. Car trips were hell for her because it would be hours and hours of silence. Ooh. In 2007 or 2008, she went to BVJ, which is Big Valley Jamboree, huge country music festival. Mm -hmm. She went with her friends. Obviously, her music-hating husband did not go, and she met a guy that loves music. They are together now. Her ex-husband is the only person I have ever encountered that didn't like music. So this has nothing to do with milk or water, but a person with just an odd hate for something. That's odd. I've, I've, I mean, 
we all know people, myself included, who hate different genres of music, different types of music. Yeah. I can't listen to everything like some people like to claim. Mm -hmm. uh, but to hate it across the board. That you just can't stand the sound of it? Yeah. That's odd. Sometimes I'll drive from like my house to a 7-Eleven without any music on just so I can hear myself think. Yeah. But to go on a cross-country, multiple-hour road trip without listening to anything? Oh, I couldn't do it. What a punishment. Huh. So she went to a country music festival, and he lost his wife. That's a country music song right there. Oh, I think that is a Toby Keith song. Oh, my God, we should write that. Uh, what else do we have here? I am a huge water drinker. I drink at least three liters a day. I absolutely love water. My mother-in-law, on the other hand, has probably had two glasses of water in her entire life. <laughs> her doctor told her she should try to drink at least one glass of water a day. It was like to, trying to get a small child to swallow a pill. No matter what was put in the water, she would not drink it. We even tried coercion. If she drank it, we would take her to see a movie or shopping. To this day, I still don't think she's drank more than two glasses of water. That's a little weird. I was actually just at a restaurant, and we were on the patio. It was a blazing hot day, so we ordered drinks and then got a water to go with it. Because that's also a lesson I've learned the hard way. You got to hydrate when you're having a night out. Oh, yeah. And the waitress felt the need to be like, I've never had a glass of water in my life. She claims that when we ordered the water, she's like, she just brought it up. She's like, I've never had water. Before. Who said that? The waitress at this place we were at. Has never had a glass of water. So she claims. Was her hair rich and luxurious or yeah. was it falling out? No. She have good skin color? She had fine skin. Wow. Which made me think that she was a big fat liar. I think she was. Hmm. Uh, this is from Chris. When someone asks me if I would like some water, I typically reply with, I'm thirsty, not dirty. <laughs> <laughs> eh, oh, Ooh. here we go. Hey, my dad is also a music hater. He enjoys nothing more than the sound of absolute and uncomfortable silence when I go to visit him, Trent. Does he do that awesome dad move, too, where when you're watching TV, he mutes the TV commercials, which only serves to amplify the silence? Ugh. That's a rough go. Imagine living a life so bland that when you hear something like, in the air tonight, Phil oh, yeah. Collins' masterpiece. And those yep. drums kick in. All goes and you just sit there and disapprove? But right, no. Or worse, you let the music, you let Phil Collins in the air tonight go right to that point where everybody's getting their air drum sticks out. And then you go click and turn it off. Oh, The only thing worse than that is when somebody robs you of a sneeze. When you're just about to sneeze and you're like... You're making the, and then they go, don't sneeze. And then the sneeze escapes. That's the only thing that sucks more than somebody turning off Phil Collins in the air tonight is being robbed of a sneeze. The Lawn Chair Profits, solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. So I can't even remember how we started talking about this the other day, but we were talking about that thing from your past. Maybe it's uh, something that you're just ashamed of, you're embarrassed by, you're humiliated by, and every now and again, something will remind you of that moment and you just shudder. You'll be having the best day of your life, laughing, loving, running through the sunshine, and all of a sudden you think of what happened 15 years ago, oh. slam on the brakes, and you just start mm. shuddering. The, the thing with you, though, like there was no... There was no one single 
event. No, but at least that you shared. I don't remember any traumatic event where I did something really embarrassing. You were just talking mostly about your abuse of hair product in junior high. Yeah, I mean it was kind of of the era. I wasn't alone in this, but I definitely went to town with the dippity doo. Yeah, and I spiked my hair, and I did it for a long time up until probably my early twenties, where I really spiked it up to the point that if I was at a children's party and balloons were to fall. It hit my hair and burst. Really? That pointy? That I could ride a, a roller coaster and not a hair would move on my head. Well, I, yeah, I had a mullet in the 80s. Does that count? Well, it's of the era. I mean, it's embarrassing now, but. Look at, so here's one. Imagine this. I had a mullet and I had uh, Sally Jesse Raphael's glasses. Mm. Do you know who she, she was an old talk show host from the eighties, maybe the early nineties. I had those glasses with a mullet. God, I look good. And I wore a bow tie a lot too. Nobody was wearing bow ties. So I thought I'm going to wear a bow tie. That's going to set me apart. I probably just looked like a tool. Yeah. I can probably confirm. That. <laughs> uh, the other thing too, is I was talking about how, and I don't know why I'm so embarrassed and ashamed of this, but when I got my second job in radio, I, like my real name is Garner Andrews. That is on my birth certificate. My very first radio job, which I was at for about 10 months, that's what I used. I got a job in the big city of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Ooh, the bright lights. I was blinded by those bright lights and I had to move there. And uh, I get there and the guy hires me and he's like, yeah, okay, you start at midnight tonight, but Garner Andrews, that's a stupid name. Pick a new name. He was a jerk. That's how he talked all the time. So he said, oh, you can use your last name. You can be something blank Andrews. Use that name. So he gave me a list of four or five names and I had to pick one. And I remember one of the names on there was Mike. Mike Andrews. The other one was Rick. So I became Rick Andrews for five or six years of my career. And I don't, I, it just, when I think about it, I cringe for some reason that I had to use a fake radio name. And I would imagine your family and friends back home didn't fully understand. My mom heard me the very first night and she was heartbroken because I came home at like six in the morning. I worked an all nighter. She stayed up to hear her oldest son on the radio. And uh, she's like, so guess uh, Garney's not a good enough name, huh? Like it was one of those moments and I had to explain to her. What a moment, too, as a 19-year-old. Your knees a-knocking. Yeah. Eyes wide. I'm being the, summoned to a major market in Saskatchewan. Your first time in the workforce, the real oh. workforce. And uh, the first thing you hear is that your birth name is, is stupid. stupid. <laughs> yeah. Exact words. That's a stupid name. That guy still works there, by the way. Still I'm, works there. I wonder if I met that guy. Because I did the weirdest job interview there. Oh, yeah. Where I was living in Saskatoon, going to school there. I went up to Prince Albert to do a job interview, uh, but I had to bring a classmate with me because he was also interviewing for the same job. They were talking to two of us. One of us was getting the job. Uh, they ended up offering it to me. I turned it down. Not a big deal. Did he take it? I, I think he may have gotten it. <laughs> but I just remember on the drive back, because we, we drove together, saved gas, and he took his shirt off. So he was riding shotgun in the passenger seat with no tarpaulin. It's an odd memory. It's an odd thing to hang on to. What, 15 years later, you're still thinking about that? It's the only time I've ever been in Prince Albert, and that's my memory of it. Uh, Somebody just said, I got a breast reduction a couple of years ago, and as they were moving me from the stretcher to the operating table, I farted. (laughs) They probably didn't hear it, but then I said, oopsie. I think about it every day. 
I think it was it last week we were talking about I couldn't be a doctor because of my poker face. Oh, yeah. That'd be another one. Or think of all the times that you're gassing someone getting ready for some kind of surgery, something major, and they either say something really weird. Or they fart. Or they just let it rip. And on like an operating table too. Ooh. I can't imagine there's a lot of, you know, it probably uh, echoes pretty good in there. Yeah, there's a lot of hard tiled surfaces. <laughs> not a lot of carpet. There's not a lot drapes. of drapes. <laughs> uh, hang on a second, Joel. What's going on? Uh, so are you guys still talking about things? Uh, or embarrassing things that you've done in the past like have kind of stuck with you? Yeah, we're still going to talk about the thing, and you think about it now, and you just kind of, you die a little bit every time you think about it. You cringe. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I don't get, uh, I I don't die a little bit. I find it more funny than anything now, but uh, there's security footage of me in uh, a place I used to work at talking with my manager in his office, and uh, right beside his door, he had, like, uh, a window that went up to the ceiling and so i'm talking to him talking to him and then i turn around to like exit quickly and i run face first into the window um and fall over on the floor and uh that has been i i think that's like 13 years old and pops up on facebook every year and everyone the same people always comment on it and just like kind of one of those things that was funny at first but now it's just like uh like i dread when I you do credit. when you hit the glass, did you make the doink and then you just sort of slide down the <laughs> glass? That <laughs> I wish you were there to do sound effects. No, I actually I first felt laughing because uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. <laughs> that would have been a lot. The slide whistle would have been a way better uh, dramatic effect for that moment. Now, Joel, I'm going to insist that you send us the link for that video immediately. Awesome, awesome. I shall do that. That's a tough one. You can't walk away. Especially if it was a heated conversation. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they were talking about. But, yeah, when you walk into a window thinking it's a door, it probably leaves a little face print on the window, too. We've all seen a bird fly into a window, and we don't walk away from that experience being like, wow, that's a smart animal. (laughs) So I imagine when a person does it, the reaction would be pretty similar. Uh, Hey, guys, years ago, I was partying at the bar with some friends. They were admiring my long, beautiful fingernails. I told them just how real they are. Then all of a sudden, I grabbed my drink. Ping. One of them fell off. I had to tell them they were fake. Walk of shame. LOL. I feel like people who are into fingernails can spot fake fingernails. Yeah, I think they're pretty clear, and I can think of a lot worse things to happen to a person than being exposed for not having real long fingernails. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have read that one. That's not embarrassing at all. No. Uh, oh, this one. I uh, I bought a brand new Acadia for my wife. No one likes a bragger. You could have just said, I bought a new car for my wife. Like, why do you have to go brand name? It's not like an Acadia drives by and people are like, oh my God, that guy has an Acadia. He must be <laughs> successful. Wow, breathtaking. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Darren, sorry to- uh, He bought part- a car for his lover. Okay, he bought a car. I, yeah, I bought a brand new car for my wife. I remember the whole experience was stressful and sweaty and I was just overwhelmed to say the least. I'm sitting in the finance person's office on the phone with my insurance company to have the new insurance emailed over to them. As we were completing our call, I said, thanks again for your help. Love you. Bye. And hung up. It was awkward, awkward, like you could hear a pin drop. The finance manager person slowly raised his head and said, did you just say, (laughs) I love you? 
I humbly replied, yes, I did. Oh. Darren. I like that the finance manager felt the need to say something. <laughs> yeah, just to hammer it home. Could have just let that one die in silence, but nope. Yeah, you, you could have let Darren retain, you know, an ounce of his dignity, but no, you had to rob him of that. I'd be pretending like I was just buried in paperwork and like, oh, are you done with the phone? I didn't yeah, hear did. a word you said. Uh, did you? Are you still on hold? Are you still- <laughs> uh, well, this one too, this is sort of similar. And I think uh, I probably experienced this too. I think you did too. Somebody said, I accidentally called my grade five teacher, mom. That's the stuff of nightmares. I'm sure we all did it at one point. I remember other people doing it and just, I never felt like I need to make fun of that person. No, because it was so humiliating. Yeah. I just felt like just sad for them. Yeah. Probably because it did happen to me. Uh, I had homemade hammer pants. They were awesome. I guarantee you they were not awesome. No, even professionally made hammer pants were not. Homemade and pants should never (laughs) appear in the same sentence. Oh, I just thought of another fashion one that I had. Oh. Uh, In high school, I had a really tight necklace. Oh, like a Danny Bonnet, like a, what's the guy? Jeff Probst from Survivor, the choker. Yeah. Yeah. It was a choker necklace. It wasn't a puka shell one, but it was a really tight necklace. Is there anything worse, though, than when you see a guy now, like a middle aged guy wearing a, a really tight necklace now and the fat kind of spills over the top of the necklace. Oh, looks you, like it's cutting off his circulation. You know, it's staying there cause it can't come off. Yeah. Yeah. Same with wedding rings too. Yeah. It's a guy with a really, really tight wedding ring and you, you know, it's there because it can't come off. Uh, Hey, my maiden name is heart. When I moved to a new junior high school, I told the kids that I was cousins with Corey Hart to try and be cool. I had to carry on with this for quite a while, elaborating on the lie to make it believable. That was the last time I ever told a lie. It was just too hard to keep up with it. Yeah, when you're uh, cousins with the sunglasses at night guy, keeping that lie becomes a full-time job because everybody wants to know about Corey Hart. What a time in our lives when to be cool, you had to be related to Corey Hart. Yeah. That was your go-to to be cool. Uh, here's another one. When I started grade seven, I told my friends that I had a boyfriend over the summer. I named this fictitious boy Kenneth Skidmore, and I decided he should be from Penticton. Skidmore? Skid- Kenneth Skidmore? He's from Penticton? Uh, but you know, the beauty of Penticton is that everybody knows about Penticton, but it's sort of, it's vague enough. It gives your story credibility, but at the same time, nobody's going to go... I know a bunch of people who live in Penticton. I'm going to phone them right now and see if they know Kenneth Skidmore. Old Kenny Skidmore from Penticton. Gentlemen, my cringy past. I faked a British accent at a local bar to get a guy to buy me drinks. A few days later, this guy was my professor. So one semester, I was from London. Face palm. Oof, to keep up a fake British accent for a whole semester. Because the key about a British accent is you start out you know, talking very subtly with your accent, but, but eventually it's going to ratchet up a notch. And all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> whoa, bangers and mash. Next thing you know, you're auditioning for Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Like to keep that nice and subtle. That's a, that's a long con, hard to pull off. You know what? A lot of stories of shame and humiliation from your childhood come from the stinky food you had to eat. I got to grab this one here. Hi. Hey, so a cringy story that haunts you. Yeah. So when I was in college, moving into the residence, 
my mom sent some food up and she might have given me a ice cream container full of sauerkraut because that's how we used to, you know, store stuff. And in the elevator, I might have dropped this four liters of sauerkraut all over the elevator. Mm. And it's not smelling pretty good. And that's the only elevator in the building. So for the entire year, I was known as the sauerkraut kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the number one ingredient in sauerkraut? Fermented cabbage. That is correct. Fermented cabbage. <laughs> so yeah, and every time you stepped in the elevator, because you can't get that smell out. No. And so yeah, every time you stepped in the elevator, everybody knew what happened, and they'd all like to remind you that who did it, and it was me. Oh, another one directly related to that, Bryce. A few years ago, when I was four or five months pregnant, I threw up in a packed elevator in a downtown office building. I'm sure my coworkers still talk about that one when I'm not around. Brianna, I'll bet you they call her Barfy Brianna, and she's right. If that if I were in that elevator, I would not stop talking about it. That's all I would think about. Yeah, I'd bring it up all the time. Uh, thank you for that, Barf or uh, Brianna. Lawn chair, don't care. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly are the lawn chair prophets. Hang on, just a second, Bryce. You want to go back to uh, embarrassing stories from your childhood? Just thinking of Barfy Brianne. Yeah, made me remember. It wasn't my childhood. I was nineteen. Oh, I was living in Saskatoon, and I was at a house party. I went a little too hard, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and one of my classmates was driving me home, and she was driving a few of us back. And I was in the back seat of a two door car. Oh no! Got the pukies, and had to push the person in the front seat out of the way, stick my head out of the window, and puke. Except it was January in Saskatoon, and we were on Circle Drive, mm-hmm. which is kind of the ring road around town. So we're going pretty quick. Uh, and I came to learn later on that uh, my projectiling didn't go that far, and it all sprayed back on the side of her car. Oh. And, and for she, one January, she had just sort of a weird flame decal package on the side of her car. No, she had to, because her parents were coming to town the next day, so she felt the need to clean her car. So she had to go up and down from her apartment with hot buckets of water, throwing (laughs) it on her car to scrub away my shame. That was a rough one. That's when I repressed. Oh, Did you send her a gift card, a muffin basket, or anything? No. Oh. No, I just moved on. I moved towns, changed my name. (laughs) You went into deep cover. Yeah. Well, now, speaking of driving around and... We were talking about this the other day, too. Again, we're learning so much about each other, but I, I got to ask, what kind of vehicle did a young, a child like Bryce Kelly, what kind of vehicle did you roll around in with your mom? What did oh, she drive? She drove minivans for the longest time, even yeah. though there was only a few of us. That, like, we didn't need a mini. We didn't need seven or eight seats. Yeah. Uh, but she had a minivan. I remember, oh, was it a Chevy Lumina? A really junky. Yeah, the Illumina was one. That looks like 1990 in van form. <laughs> yeah. She had one of those. And then as we got older, she had a Pontiac Montana. Oh, the Montana. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually what I learned to drive in was the Montana. And that's why I'm such an excellent parallel parker now. Because if you can parallel park a Pontiac Montana, you can parallel park anything. We, I, I never had anything cool. Like I, my dad was never one of those guys who was really into cars. He was into a reliable form of transportation that could get you from point A to point B with very few problems. He wasn't into the looks or anything. That's why we always had station wagons. 
Um. Oh, yeah. So we'd be on vacation in the summertime, and I'd be sitting in that that backwards seat where, you know, facing out the back of the station wagon. Oh, yeah. But if you ever got rear-ended, oh, my God, who'd be the first person to go? It'd be the <laughs> kid you put in the very back of the station wagon. What a weird idea, too. I know, the rear-facing yeah. seat. But the I'd always see the kids coming up behind us on the highway. I'd be sitting in this crappy station wagon, not drinking water or anything. And this you'd see the camper kids coming up behind you, and oh. they'd be up on their elbows in that bunk above the cab, cut off from their parents. It's like they had their own 60, 70-mile-an-hour playground full of junk food and root beer and all that other stuff. Their parents are in the cab of the truck smoking and probably drinking and Man. driving down the highway. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, I guess with your station wagons and my mom's Chevy Lumina, not exactly the towing capacity to get a real good trailer behind there. No, so, certainly not. Yeah, so I never got to ride in a trailer that was rumbling down a road. Yeah. Uh, especially, yeah, those motorhome ones. I dreamt of going on a long road trip and just being able to sit at the table. Yeah, play, you know, play go fish with your siblings. Yeah, play cards. Hang on a second. Just uh, deal me out this round. I'm going to go make a sandwich. Yeah, or lay oh. down somewhere and like in a bed and take a nap while the uh. car's going. I've never been so jealous of anyone in my life than I was the camper kids. I'm still jealous. The reason I'm calling is I was just listening to you guys talking about the camper when you're a kid. Yeah, were you a camper kid? Oh my God, yeah. You just put me right back there. Our camper was like white with that orange stripe around it. And you had the flower to little yellow curtains. Like, oh my God. Your parents riding up front and you're in the back with your siblings just eating potato chips and drinking root beer and having a whole bunch of licorice pipes. Yeah, my parents were smoking in the front, of course. You know, it just was the day. Oh, it was awesome. And I just, yeah, you just brought back so many memories. I was so jealous of you when I was a kid because I had to ride in a lame station wagon. Yeah, I've seen those. Thank God we never had one of those. We had a boogie van, but that was about it. Oh, my God. You had all the good stuff. Do you remember those with the carpet all over the walls and the ceiling? You have no <laughs> idea. I talk about this. Somebody said to me, why do you talk about vans so much? Oh. I probably talk about vans at least once a week on the show now. But that is my dream now is to have some form of a van, whether it's a boogie van with a crescent moon window and a, yeah. a mural on the side of a buxom blonde in a fur bikini riding a snow leopard, thrusting That's a sword right. towards the sky. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, good luck. I hope you get that one day. Okay. Who is this? Uh, Debbie. Holy crap. She was a camper kid. They had a custom van from the 70s. She, Debbie there had the childhood I wanted. I still want. Yeah. I yearn to be in the back of a trailer that's being driven down the road, even if it's a fifth wheel. <laughs> You're not allowed to ride in there, Bryce. I bet you that'd be quite horrifying. It'd be really loud. It'd be loud and probably pretty bumpy. Yeah, dishes flying everywhere. But yeah, those motorhomes that you could sit there and just like sit on a couch. Yeah. And play Game Boy or something. Even though you're nine years old, you just sit on a couch and read a newspaper. Go to the fridge and take a drink out of the fridge. <laughs> Camper kids. Oh. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of the Lawn Chair Profits enjoy old candy in a jar that's unlabeled. Ooh, mystery candy. 